All right, so this morning uh, we're going to spend some time in just a, a short passage. I, I kind of try to look back and see different passages I've taught on Easter a lot. I, I find that, I guess in doing that, I realized I have a couple favorite passages, <laughs> apparently. Uh, my favorite is the road to Emmaus, I have to say that, okay? Uh, Luke 24, I think it is. But, um, but we're teaching on a passage today that I've not taught on before here on Easter. So let's go to the Lord, let's pray and ask for his help this morning. Father in heaven, we are just so grateful, grateful for the empty tomb, for the empty cross, and just uh, for what um, you've accomplished through the resurrection of your son, Jesus. And this morning, uh, we come to you just filled with hope, uh, knowing that anyone who knows Christ as Savior and has a personal relationship with you through Jesus uh, has an eternal home, has an eternal home. And, uh, and so, Lord, we are just looking forward to that. Um, and, and so this morning, I just pray, God, that any of us that comes this morning, just if we're kind of some weary travelers, we haven't been having a hard time, Lord, I just pray that you would breathe new life into theirs and that you would encourage and strengthen their soul this morning. And uh, also, not only through the power of your word would you do that, through the power of your spirit, but also through the fellowship that we have with one another here. Uh, before and afterwards. And so we just pray you be glorified this morning, and uh, we ask it all in Jesus' name. All right. I, uh, excuse me for a second. I need to bond with my iPad for a second. <laughs> Something is not, it's, trouble's not in your set, it's mine. It's not in sync. That's why I keep looking back over my head. Meanwhile, <laughs> okay, there we go. Sorry about that. Um, listen, uh, you know, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most important event in history. There's no question about that. Um, and, and it just provides the, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead bodily. In other words, it wasn't a ghost that appeared to the disciples and to others uh, at that time. It, it you know, wasn't some kind of... A, um, you know, just a spirit. It was actually his body. Actually, Jesus rose from the dead. That's hard for us to wrap our minds around because it's not something you see every day, right? Uh, and so, but Jesus Christ had, had, was in the ground three days, and he rose, it says, on the third day. But the bodily resurrection of Jesus is the most important event in history and it provides irrefutable evidence that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the Son of God, right? And so you think about somebody says, uh, you know, in so many words, I'm God, come in the flesh, and then he says, I will rise again on the third day, uh, and he does it, you, you tend to think he's the real deal, right? And, and you should. Um, now, so the resurrection was not only the ultimate validation of that he's God, the Son of God, but it also validates all the scriptures which foretold his coming and foretold his resurrection. So it just um, verifies uh, the fact that he is who he said he is and that God's word is true, right? And then also the resurrection authenticates Jesus' claims, right? That he would be, like I said, raised on the third day. And if Christ's body was not resurrected, okay, and Paul mentions this 
in 1 Corinthians he's in 15. He says, if Christ's body was not resurrected, we have no hope. Okay? In other words, we're still dead in our sins. Uh, we're separated from God. And so it is essential that every person come to grips with the reality of the resurrection. Uh, our faith uh, hinges upon it. If it's not true, then we're wasting our time. Uh, if it is true, I believe it is, and there's plenty of evidence for it, uh, you know, then we have everything to live for, and we, we would want to seek out you know, to learn who is Jesus and what does he say about how we should live and, and all of this. So uh, it's, it's just critical. So I just kind of say that in, in preparation and getting into the passage this morning. Is this, this uh, what we celebrate today, uh, this Resurrection Day, uh, is called Easter, right? But, but the whole thing is just uh, centered around the resurrection of Jesus. Make no mistake, okay? Uh, now, so this passage this morning that we're going to be in is John chapter 20, uh, verses 19 to 23. And if you're able, uh, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? This is just a, a tradition of ours. We stand when God's Word is read in honor of the Word. So, um, I'll just read aloud. You listen. Uh, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. This is the word of God. Please have a seat. We're talking about the risen Savior this morning the risen Savior, and that passage that we read, right, is, is one of the uh, post-resurrection appearances. I, don't, I think this section did not pay the light bill. If you see, you may see, we've got a little strobe action going on over here. Don't, don't, Frank, that's not like a clue for you to do anything. You don't have to do anything because there's probably nothing we can do about that, but I just wanted to know, you guys probably haven't paid your light bill right there. Just throwing that up. Okay. But this this scene that we are uh, looking at, that we that we just read about, this actual encounter that the disciples had with Jesus, uh, is just one of several, right? Uh, Jesus appeared to Mary at the tomb, right, and then and then others, and then we do know that uh, in other scriptures it tells us that he appeared to more than five hundred people at one time. So there's plenty of post-resurrection appearances. Um, with individuals, but this one here, uh, they're most likely where, where if it's the disciples, you know, twelve minus one, which would be uh, minus Judas, minus another one, because in verse twenty-four it says Thomas was not there. It may have been ten. The number, I guess, ultimately doesn't matter. But he appears to his disciples. But did you did you pick up on the fact that he walked into a room where the doors were locked? Right, it says, on the evening of that day, so this would have been Resurrection Day in the evening, 
the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. So the doors were locked, and it says because the disciples were there, they were afraid. And they're most likely afraid because uh, the ones who uh, put Jesus on the cross may also be after them as known associates with Jesus, his close inner circle. And so they're fearing for their lives, right? Because, and they're also confused because at this point, you know, they're saying, you know, I thought maybe the kingdom was going to come, that uh, other things are going to happen, not that our Lord would be put on a cross and buried, right? Um, and, and so there's confusion, there's fear. Um, but it's interesting, though, though, in that setting where they're fearful, they're behind locked doors, Jesus appears. It says, he, he's, he came and stood among them. So either, uh, you know, Jesus miraculously unlocked the door or he walked through the door in his post-resurrection body. Uh, it, I think it's miraculous either way. Whatever happens here is that he just appears to them uh, and, and he has a word for them. Uh, but I just want to say that today in your life that Jesus can go where no one else can go in your life. You know, if he, Jesus can come into this locked room, right, and it's seemingly kind of an impossible thing, that Jesus can do anything, right? And 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 you may coming be coming here today just um, with just all kinds of situations that are just horrible, uh, discouraging. Uh, maybe it's related to you personally. Maybe it's related to something that someone has done to you. Okay, but uh, I. There's something that John Piper shared on this fact, and, I, and I just, I'll just read it for you. It says, he can go where no counselor can go. He can go where no doctor can go. He can go where no lover can go. He can reach you and reach into you anywhere, anytime. There is no place where you are and no depths of personhood that you are which Jesus cannot penetrate. And to me, that's hope. That's hope because... You know, and nothing, nothing. We're not dissing doctors. We're not dissing counselors here at all. But there's a saying that Jesus can touch the parts of our persons, uh, of our person that that no one else can. Okay, that no one else can, and that's a very hopeful message for you to realize that man, if Jesus can walk through doors, <laughs> uh, he can do anything. And I mean, this is just the beginning. I mean, it just read. You should read the the biographies of Jesus there in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just read about all the things he did, the lives he touched, the people he healed, um, the hope that he gives. And he's still doing that. You know, that's the thing. is the, the hymn, uh, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I mean, he, that's, the, that's the reality. Um, now, you may not know this, that, you know, some days later after this, then Jesus, uh, the disciples watched him ascend uh, into heaven to be with God the Father. And the Bible tells us that uh, he is with God the Father at his right hand at this time, waiting for his return, among other things that he is doing. Uh, so he's still ministering. And if there's anything that the book of Acts is about, is Jesus still working? Okay, if you read the book of Acts, which is kind of like Luke part two, uh, you know, because Luke wrote that. And 
And it's just about the continuing acts of Jesus. So I just want to tell you that, you know, because we serve a risen Savior, if you come here this morning and he knows your needs, uh, he knows you more intimately than any person. You know, think about the person who knows you the best. Jesus knows you better. He created you. He made you. He can fix you. He can heal you. He can help you. And so I hope that um, if you're not already doing so, that you would look to him. You would seek him. You would seek him, like it says in the scripture, while he may be found. And um, I think what it means by that to say, if, when the scripture tells us to seek the Lord while he may be found, is while he's working on our hearts. Um, I don't know if you've ever felt this indescribable kind of pull on your heart uh, when uh, at some time maybe you heard a message that was a timely word from God for you and you just like had this tug in your heart that God was almost like he was speaking to your heart. Um, Some things like that happened to me when I was in the fourth grade. I went to a church camp one time and I was confronted with eternity I'd never, th- I mean, in fourth grade, who thinks about eternity? I mean, the only thing I th- typically we think about what's happening now, okay, which is typical, you know. Uh, but, but someone gave a message. I don't even know what it was. It was obviously the gospel. And uh, I was confronted with eternity. And, oh, man, was I just wanted to know. I, I, like, I got to know this God that they're talking about. I don't really know about him. I've heard about him, but I really want to know. And, and, and so uh, you just need to be thinking about if, if, if God is um, pulling at your heart, maybe you, like, you could never have envisioned that you would be sitting in this room or watching this online today, but maybe somebody invited you, maybe they sent a link to you, and you're just like, you know, that's God. Okay? There are no accidents with God. Um, but, but just realize this, that the Jesus who walked through that door something, doing something seemingly impossible, he can do anything, and brings hope to any situation. So I just want to encourage you that with that this morning. The other thing, did you notice what he did? We haven't even gotten into the message yet, by the way. Um, I took this. You're probably wondering, like, what's the first point? We haven't got there yet. Um, but uh, but I was thinking about, what, what did he do? Because I'm thinking about, I'm going to get into what he said, and that's what we're going to focus on. But like what he did. He walked through the door. The doors were locked. They're afraid. We can relate to stuff like that. I mean, just in terms of fear and, and feeling like in an impossible situation. But also that he showed them, what does it say there? Um, it says in, in, that he showed them his hands and his side, right? Now, why would he do that? It's like authentication at the very least. Like, why would they... Well, and so, and, and again, if you're not familiar with, with the, the message of the cross, Jesus, here's, you know, here's an example of a cross, um, he was pinned to that, right, uh, through his hands and his feet, right? And so, um, and, and then he was pierced, it says, right, in the side with a soldier's spear. And so, you know, for those that he's like, they're wondering, well, what's going on? We just put him in a tomb, you know? Uh, one of the followers, Joseph of Arimathea, he bought a tomb and, and asked Pilate uh, to see if they could take the body of Jesus off the cross. And 
give them a proper burial. And they're just, you know, trying to process this. You know, if you've ever lost somebody, lost a close friend, lost a loved one, you're, you're grieving. And then suddenly they're there, right? I mean, this is, so he's like, no, it's really me. You can see the holes in my hands and the, and, and, and the, and my, in my side. It's really me, right? And so he's just telling them, it's really me. And, and again, his, his, it's his actual body, okay? In another scene, post-resurrection, uh, we see uh, Jesus eating. So, you know, spirits don't eat, right? I mean, you get the idea. I'm just kind of emphasizing this is really the risen Jesus. This is not some kind of like, you know, 3D image that somebody conjured up. No, it's really him. It's really him. And so uh, we indeed do serve a risen Savior who can do the miraculous and does do it. So let's take a look here. There's several things that we see Jesus offering, almost as a gift, if you will. Um, and that's how I'm going to kind of um, couch it here. Three things in what Jesus says. Okay, we talked a few things about what he did. Now here's what he says. So the first thing is that, that Jesus offers us the gift of peace. Uh, I don't know if you caught it, but he says that phrase twice in this very short passage, just to remind you here, it says, on that evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood with among them and said, peace be with you. Now, you might be inclined, if you're from that time, to say, well, shalom, or peace be with you, is a very common greeting. So, yeah, that would probably be. But he says it again, right? He says it again uh, just a couple verses later, all right? Uh, verse 20 there, then he says, when he said this, he showed them his hand aside. The disciples were glad uh, when they saw the Lord. And then, I don't have it up on the screen right now, but in verse 21 it says, he says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. Uh, peace be with you, right? And so I, I think this is, there's more to it than a greeting, okay? If you're afraid, what do you need? Peace. Right? Uh, if you're going through something that's just really rocking your world, what you need is peace. I mean, what you might like is for the situation to be erased, which sometimes God can do, but sometimes, though, it's more of like, I just need peace as I go through this. Right? And so Jesus is saying, peace be to you. Now, um, certainly peace in the circumstances, uh, I'll get to that in a second, but I think it's important for us to not miss the, the fact here that um, Jesus, by his resurrection and his work on the cross, has made peace with God possible. Okay? This is important that, that uh, we understand that there's, we've got some business to do with God. Every person has to, uh, there's something they need to get right with God, and that's the fact that... Um, we do things that are not what God would want us to do. That's called sin, right? Um, we miss the mark of what God would want for us. And, and so because of that, that causes a separation between us and God. But, but Jesus, and we talked about this on Good Friday, that Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. He, he, he really absorbed the wrath of God is the language we use there. He absorbed the wrath of God for us because really, Jesus did nothing wrong. You know, you, you and I have never known anyone who is perfect. 
They may have claimed to be, and maybe you thought you were, <laughs> but, you know, let's just talk to one of your friends or your spouse. We'll find out, you know, uh, or play the recordings in your mind. No, we don't want to go there. I, it's, a, it's a scary place up here. Uh, but, but, but just to realize, no, you know, we're all in the same situation when we're born into this world. We, we're all in need of a Savior all in need of a Savior, and Jesus is it. And so initially, when we're born into this world, we don't have peace with God. But Jesus makes peace with God possible. I want to take a look at this verse here in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18. And it says, And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to Himself through Christ. So if you just took that sentence there, um, it's mentioning um, being made right with God as a gift, right? And it's mentioning that uh, we were not um, we were not with God. We don't have a relationship with God because it says, "Who brought us back to Himself? Brought us back to God, right?" And how do we get to God? How do we have a relationship with God? It says right there, through through Christ. So, just keeping it simple here is that we're separated from God because of our sin, but the way to God is through Jesus. Okay? Through Jesus Christ. He is, think of him, he even used these words himself. I am the door. He's like, I am the door. He used, used that analogy. He says, I am the door. Now, the door to what? The door to God. The door to eternal life. The door to being forgiven. Right? He says, I am the door. And then it says, and God, so the second uh, sentence here in this verse, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Well, reconciliation, right? It's kind of like a, a putting back together. It's a, it's a healing of a relationship in a sense, isn't it? And what he's saying here uh, in this passage, the Apostle Paul is saying, you can be reconciled to God. You can have a if I can use this language, a fixed relationship with God uh, if you uh, are, will, will do so through Christ. But then also, and we'll get into this in a little bit, we've been given a message right, to, of reconciliation, reconciliation to, to help connect people to God. Right? Ultimately, isn't that kind of the mission of the church, right? is to help people connect to God and to be made right with Him. Now, there's another verse here uh, that also speaks of the resurrection and how uh, it offers us this peace with God. Verse 25 says, He was handed over, meaning Jesus, Jesus was handed over to die because of our sins. And He was raised to life to make us right with God. I'm just trying to kind of lay it out here. This is not Greg's idea. This is God's idea. His Word tells us that the resurrection, right, and the work on the cross together, right? Jesus is offering us the gift of peace with God. Right? And just like any gift, it must be received. Okay? It must be received. This is important. You know, you have to make a decision, a choice, right? And maybe you're hearing this afresh, maybe, maybe for the first time, or maybe you're actually listening this time that you're hearing it. And you're feeling that tug that God is maybe saying, this is you, this is you. You, you recognize your need for Jesus 
But here it says, he was raised to life to make us right with God. So you want to be made right with God. Yeah, I want to have a relationship with God through Jesus. A real a relationship with the living God. Um, just kind of blows your mind that we could actually relate uh, to God. And Jesus, you know, he what happens is when you come into a relationship with God, you know what he calls us? His friends. His friends. So you become the friend of Jesus by putting your faith in him. So I, I encourage you this morning, if, if this Jesus thing is new to you, uh, or maybe you're seeing it afresh for the uh, this time, that you pursue and just ask God to show you who Jesus really is. You dive into the Bible. You read it prayerfully, asking God to show you, is Jesus really the Christ? Um, am I, do I really have a need for a Savior? And, and he's going to show you the truth there. Now, so this peace with God comes as a result of Jesus' work on the cross and the resurrection, you know, I guess the proof that what Jesus said was going to happen was going to happen, and also even just proof that God accepted Jesus as the sacrifice for our sins. Um, and just going back to what I was talking about earlier, that we find ourselves at times in, in, in circumstances in our life that are very hard, they're very difficult. Uh, it may be a loss, it may be um, a financial problem, it may be a relationship uh, hurt or something. You know, you fill in the blank, whatever is your challenge right now. But the reality is that Jesus can actually grant you peace. Once you come into a relationship with God, Jesus can actually grant you peace in the difficulties of life. Okay? And, and one of the verses that I'm reminded of here is John 14, where Jesus is saying, this is Jesus' words, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you do I give to you. Now, I find this interesting. Jesus is saying, like, you know, the, the peace that the world offers is not real peace. Uh, I was watching, um, last night Lynn and I watched, uh, it was kind of a documentary slash movie called The Jesus Music. Uh, it's very interesting about the history of Christian uh, music, uh, starting with the Jesus movement. Okay, um, And so, but, but a lot of these uh, people that they interview, these musicians, especially, um, you know, got to go back to the hippie days, okay? Uh, um, the, some of these hippies were looking for peace and love and, you know, things that you would want. I mean, anybody wants to, there to have, be peace and, and they want to experience and give love. I mean, I think we're kind of wired that way. But um, they were looking at it for things that were kind of just a short-term game. Uh, you know, sometimes it was all in the physical relationship with sex. Sometimes it was involving drugs, right? And so uh, interviewing some of the uh, musicians that, that were, uh, before they became a Christian, uh, these now having been a Christian, these guys were saying, we were looking for, uh, you know, what everybody was looking for, but we found that these the drugs and the sex and the freedom that we thought that we were trying to find, it wasn't really freedom. Uh, you know, and it's kind of, and it was just, you know, and I've heard that, I've read that, but I'm not really 
you know, some of these people, like the one of the lead singers from the Resurrection Band, and and uh, the, these guys were just and and Larry Norman, and some of these like these guys were like hardcore rock and roll Christian rock and roll, but were hardcore rock and rollers before that, before becoming a Christian. And so, but but I'm bringing this up as an example, just saying, you know, we we try to find peace in all kinds of ways, um, but but Jesus really is the only way to experience peace. Not just peace with God, but just, you know, as we go through life. And, and Jesus um, is just saying, he says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In other places in Scripture, he's telling us that, you know, in the world you will have trouble. So, you know, uh, putting your faith in Jesus and following Jesus does not ensure a bump-free life, Okay. It's just not true, and to say anything that it would be like all, uh, you know, puppy deal, puppy dog tails and roses, or however you would want to phrase it, to say it's just always going to be great when you follow Jesus, is just a lie. But Jesus promises; He says, "I I leave you with a peace that only I can give you, and the world can't give you this." You know, if you've ever known a Christian that's enduring uh, great suffering, just personally or whatever, uh, and you see them, uh, you know, and some, it's not perfect, but, but trying to follow Jesus and trying to find their, their anchor in him, you say, wow, I, you know, you just don't see this every place. Uh, but this is what Jesus says. He says he, he can give us peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do you want the peace of Jesus? Because what he's offering, nobody else can give you. Okay? And I just hope that you will, will seek after him and find his peace there. And so, again, I just want to, before I move on to this next point, I wanted to say this. How do you get this peace? How do you get this peace with God? And how do you get this peace that you can experience after knowing God? Well, first of all, you just receive it. Okay? Um, I mentioned this verse last week, but I want to mention it again. Uh, John 1.12, it says, But as many as received him, as many as received Jesus. Uh, receiving means to welcome. Uh, when somebody rings your doorbell and you let them in your house, you are receiving them. You're opening your home. right? And so... This is what it means to receive Jesus. It's like you're welcoming him, him into your life. And, and you may not know what all that means except for that you want him. And that you want the forgiveness he offers. That you want the peace that he's offering. And so you just, it's like you're opening your heart. Right? Almost like, you know, when you, in a sense, like in a human sense, when you open your heart to someone, you're kind of letting them into your life. Right? Um, and, and so this morning... If you want this peace with God and want to know the peace that uh, he offers, the peace that the world can offer, is simply just receive him. Just say, God, I want Jesus. I want his forgiveness. I want, and you just, you just kind of you know, receive it like a gift. You just got to reach out and take it. And how do you reach out and take something that is not physical? You just, in your mind, you ask for it. And uh, at the end of the service today, I'll be praying a prayer and, and express that to God if you would like. So, um, but Jesus gives us peace as a gift. But then also we see in this passage that Jesus gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, to remind you back here in verses 21 and 22. Oops, sorry. Uh, Let me back it up. There we go. Jesus said to them, again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. Uh, Even so I am sending you. And And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, now this is... Um, an interesting situation where he's like breathing on them, right? So it says, when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And and basically, they're going to need his power. And um, and you might be wondering, well, who is the Holy Spirit? Um, That's a a large question. I'll try to answer it just in, in 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 a simple way here. By looking at another passage, um, I guess I didn't put that in here. Okay, well, I'll read it for you. John 14, 16 and 17 says, um, says, and I will ask the Father. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Jesus says, so this is Jesus saying, I will give you another advocate. But other words could be used to describe this word advocate. He could, he could say, I will give you another comforter, encourager, counselor who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. So Jesus kind of lays it out. This comforter, this encourager, this advocate, this counselor that Jesus promises to give his followers is called the Holy Spirit. All right, and so, you know, the second part of that word is spirit, so you can't see him, but he actually comes to live inside of us. I mean, how wild is that, right? Uh, and so, but it's, it's like he, he inhabits our bodies because we're gods now. We've been purchased with the blood of Jesus. And so, and, and so it says, Jesus says, I will ask God the Father, and he will give another comforter, who will never leave you. And so you, we get this gift when we believe in Jesus and we are at peace with God because if we believed in Jesus and accepted his offering of sacrifice on our behalf. But he's saying we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. And that is who, that is how we can live the life he calls us to live. It's like we've got, we've got the... Um, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, and it's like he, he starts to work in our hearts and makes us more like Jesus himself in terms of his character and his love. And then it says, um, it says, He is the Holy Spirit who leads us into all the truth. Again, this is looking at John 14, 16, and 17. The world cannot receive him. In other words, you've got to know God to get the Holy Spirit. Does the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him, he's talking to the disciples, because you know him, he lives with you now and later will be in you. Okay, so back to this passage we were reading, right? He breathed on them, right? To receive the Holy Spirit. But uh, there's a lot of like questions around this. Like, is this when they get the Spirit? Or do they get a permanent version of the Spirit later at, 
in, in Pentecost? I don't know all the answers to that. Maybe this was a, uh, a um, like, until the Spirit was permanently poured out, maybe this is what they needed. I don't know. But he is giving them his Spirit in some form or fashion at this time. Okay, and so... Um, back to what I said earlier. You know, how, do we, how do we go through, as followers of Jesus, these, uh, this life? It's hard, you know. It's not only just hard sometimes in general. I mean, my goodness, we've been through and uh, in some measure still in a pandemic, right? Um, thankfully, things seem to be getting better. But just, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, who would have who ever guessed, right? I mean, it's been a really hard year, and some people have lost jobs, and some people... Um, you know, uh, lost homes or lost a place to live and, and so on. And so it's been very difficult. But even without a pandemic, it can be very challenging, right? But I, I love this promise that the Apostle Paul gives us. Okay, when you've got the Holy Spirit, when you've got the gift of the Holy Spirit that every believer receives, you can say this, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And this is, this is uh, the Holy Spirit, right? The person of Christ in the Holy Spirit, or, or you know, however you want to see it. But it, it's like Jesus saying, I will send another comforter. We've got him, if you know Christ. And he's there to empower your life, to help you live the Christian life. So Jesus gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, gives us the gift of peace, right? And then uh, lastly, Jesus gives us the gift of carrying the message of forgiveness. It is really a privilege, okay? If you're a follower of Jesus, you, you, like I said earlier, if you've been made right with God, you have peace with God, you've got the Holy Spirit, we now have the privilege of carrying a message of how people can know God. The only way they can know God. We, we have that message, right? And as it says here, and, and you're going to need the Holy Spirit to take the message, right? In verse 23, it says, when the soldiers, um, yeah, there we go, sorry, what am I looking at? Yeah, there we go. When the soldiers, when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part of his soldier's tunic. This is not the verse I need. Okay. It's a great, it's biblical. Uh, no, it's actually, a, verse 23 of John 20 is what I need, the last verse in our passage. It's, he says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. Right? He says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is held. A curious verse, okay? It sounds like you and I hold the keys to the kingdom. Like, if I want... I can like dole out forgiveness with God or withhold it. That's not what it means, okay? Um, what he's getting at, let me just kind of read this. I think this is the best explanation of this. Um, the expressions that it says they are forgiven them and it is withheld them both represent a tense in that Greek, which could be translated because it's like this perfect, it's a, it's a perfect tense and it, and it could be translated, they have been forgiven, or it has been withheld, since the perfect gives the sense that it's a completed past action with continuing results in the present. 
And so one explanation here going along those lines. So it's, in other words, in other words, it's a little deceiving here. It's kind of something, something saying along these lines. When you tell people about what um, God has done, whether through speaking his word and about the work on the cross, in the power of the Spirit, God is the one speaking through you. So that if anyone believes your word about Jesus, he forgives their sins. Okay, And if anyone doesn't believe, he doesn't. So it's really about the message. Okay, He's saying when you, by the power of the Spirit, communicate the message and you carry it and you give it out, if they receive it, their sins are forgiven. They have been forgiven. Okay? So, and this is the message that we're supposed to take to the world. Right? This is, this is uh, I mean, you know, you encountered the post that Jesus, having risen from the dead, uh, you're probably going to run on down and tell your friends, Jesus is alive. Yo, the guy that we buried, he is alive now. And so the message uh, goes out through the people of God. Um, anyone who has encountered Jesus and believes the message and has experienced his peace and receives the Holy Spirit is going to carry and proclaim the message. Um, you know, these disciples who were hunkered down there and, and, and afraid uh, have a total transformation uh, after this, okay, uh, I mean, not not they weren't perfect, but let me tell you what, God lit a fire in them, uh, such that uh, when you take a look in the book of Acts, uh, in chapter four, it says uh, this is a, this is a message that was given by one of the apostles here. It says, "Let it be known to all of you." So this is someone preaching, right? It says, "Let it be known to all of you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ." of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man standing before you as well. They had just healed a man in the name of Jesus. They had just healed a man. And they're saying, listen, this Jesus that you crucified, but who God raised from the dead, it's in his name this man is actually healed. And it says, this, is, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, so now we know it was Peter and John who were speaking, right? And the onlookers were like, these guys are bold. They're not like cowering behind a locked door now, right? They've got the Spirit of God. They're taking the message of God to the streets, to anybody who will listen. And so it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. What could they say? They saw the evidence. This man's life was changed, right? He was healed. And so um, just bringing up this, this point of that carrying the message of forgiveness is what, what we're about, is, is what we should be focused on. 
and what God is calling us to do. Right? And so, I, I just want to end with this. You know, just like Jesus uh, was telling the disciples in that room that day, you know, you guys empowered by the Spirit, you go tell other people uh, of my message and how they can be made right with God. Right? And, he, and what he's, again, what did he say? He said, if they receive it, they will be forgiven. If they reject it, they will not. They won't be made right with God. And so, um, let me just simply say this. this. What this means is that what you make of this message that we just heard today, right, of the resurrected Jesus and that he came to make us at peace with God, right, what you make of this message about the risen Savior will decide whether you are forgiven or not, whether you're made right with God or not. And as an ambassador of Christ, I urge you to be reconciled to God. Take that step of faith and ask Jesus to forgive you and to come into your life. Again, you don't have to even know what all that means. Just will you welcome him? Will you welcome Jesus into your life? I'd like to just pray about that. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would, uh, any one of us here who is feeling that um, tug at our heart, that we want, we do want to welcome Jesus. We do want him to, we do want to receive the forgiveness and the peace that he offers. We do believe, and who does want to believe in the resurrected Jesus. And if that's you, I just say in your mind right now to say, Lord, forgive me. I need your forgiveness. I've not always done what you want. And recognize that that does separate me from you. But, but I welcome you. Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Forgive me. Lord, for those of us who already are at peace with God because of what Jesus has done. Those of us that we have received Him, Lord, let this time today just remind us of what it's all about. We serve a risen Savior who has poured out His Spirit on us. And Lord, maybe the fire in our heart has died down. If that's the case, Lord, would you stoke the fires? Remind us of how much you've loved us and remind us that you've given us the mission. You've given us the mission. You want us to take this message of how to have peace with God to the world, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our fellow students. The message that gives life. Lord, we thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.